Hey, yo, what's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the role podcast presented by DJ City at Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, yo, what up? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. We got one of my favorite people yes. on the planet Earth here yes. who has one of my favorite parties on the planet Earth here. Um, I can't say enough about this dude. I love him a lot. I love his party. Um, I went to his R&B and ribs party for the first time in 2020, right before everything shut down. And it was one of the, I remember that year, I said I wanted to start doing more good music, DJ curated parties. Uh, Cause I was just always doing bottle service nightclubs. So when I did his party, it like literally changed like my outlook on uh, DJing for a while because I've never seen a crowd and an energy that was just so positive and uh, just uh, welcoming mm-hmm. and inclusive. It was like, I was like, I, I can't explain it. It felt like I was at someone's backyard party and um, it's one of those special moments. I won't forget it. I probably rate it outside of everyday people's, definitely my number one party, my favorite. Yeah. This is definitely number two wow. or number three up there. Wow. wow. And uh, I stand by that. So we have, uh, and the party I'm talking about is R&B and Ribs, and the DJ guest that we I'm talking about is Nopa Slaps. Nopa Slaps in the building. Hey. Hey. What's up, man? What up, what up, what up? What's up? How you feeling, man? You in Vegas. Yeah, feeling good. Just, yeah? just got in right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah good. So Thank you for having me. I just want to tell you, you know, the past. there's not a lot of parties that I actually fly to that are in different cities. Nah. And, yeah. you know. Your your party is one of those parties. If I'm off on a Sunday, I will try to fly out to San Francisco and attend R and B and Ribs, and it's one of my favorite favorite parties of of like all time. Yeah, one you know, of, it's up there, and that's pretty wild because like I mean it means a lot whenever I see you pull up, and it's just even more wild that you're not the only DJ that does that. Like yeah. anytime anybody hits me up, like yo, I'm gonna fly in. To go to this, it's I'm just like it's still taking me yo, a little bit of time to get used to that. He's bigging you up. He's like, "Yo, Nev, you gotta go out there. You gotta go to the party. You gotta go to the party." So next month, I'm actually gonna be in LA a Saturday. I'm gonna fly out Sunday and come hang out Sick. to the party. Hell yeah! So hell yeah, dude. Let me, I'm gonna see if all the hype is. Nah, oh, not, he's, not, he's, not, right? not for nothing. No, <laughs> I did, I did go to the one in Austin. I was right, only there the, for like a 15 minutes because we had to do our party. But I was like, I didn't want to leave. I was just like, sure, this shit is dope, man. Right. And Austin right. was a little bit different, right? You know, it was our first time doing something out of SF. Uh-huh. But like what you just said is like something something that I overthink all the time, which is just like, yo, now that people are talking about it, people are overhyping it. You know, we got people like Crooked, people like, you know, a lot of DJs that I look up to and respect talking about how good and how much of a good time they have Mm -hmm. i'm just like in my head i'm always just like yo like this is not gonna meet people's expectations Mm -hmm. or will it you know like it's just like i just feel like a lot more pressure now that i'm just like damn like i hope that you shouldn't feel that way though man because you got like all these djs from all over different cities want to do your party now yeah yeah you must be doing something right no he is yeah it's funny last time i was there i hit up scooter Mm -hmm. from san diego yeah and I said, Scooter, you keep telling, you know, he always tells me, he's like, yo, Crooked, like invite me to everyday people when it's when it's happening. Let me know when it's happening. Let me know when any of these dope parties are happening and I'll fly, fly out. Mm-hmm. So I said, look, this is the Nopa Slaps, like R&B and Ribs. They're coming back. This is like, I think this was like one of your first ones back. It was the first one back. Yeah, yeah, it was the first went. one yep. back. And I said, you got to come to this. This shit is special. 
he took a flight. Another, and I think I announced it on like IG stories. Another New York DJ, Joey Sick, mm-hmm. he hit me up. He's like, "Yo, I'm thinking of coming out." He's like, "Are you gonna be there?" I said, "I'm gonna be there." Fly out. This motherfucker flew from New York. This motherfucker flew from New York. Damn. Man. And then there was another motherfucker that flew in from I don't know where, like Philly or some other shit, that uh-huh. for that party. Wow. And everyone left like. I've never experienced anything like this before. Mm-hmm. Wow. But th- there's like a warmth that I can't explain to you. Yeah. I, it, it could be the venue because the venue is sick too. One, yeah, 100%. Like El Rio. All, yeah, El Rio know. is mm-hmm. one one of the most special. You know, in San Francisco, backyards are very few and far between. And El Rio is number one, the best backyard in the entire Bay Area, I would say. It's just very all-inclusive. It's a safe space for everyone. And, you know, it, it can get pretty tight in there. It can get pretty packed. But I try my best to let people know throughout the day that, hey, we're all in this together. Let's have a good time. Let's look out for one another. And thankfully, everybody, you know, listens and just kind of vibes out all day. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wasn't able to attend uh, your r and Ribs in Austin, yeah. Texas, during South by Southwest this mm-hmm. year. But I remember pulling Jamie aside and I said, when you go there, let me know this because this is my own one question. I said, if he can capture the essence of what he has at El Rio in San Francisco, mm-hmm. in Austin, and any other city that he goes to, he really has something special. And then Jamie came to me after he attended your Austin party, and he said, yo, he, he had that same energy. So, and then when I went to your San Diego one recently, <laughs> it had that same energy. That's what I know you got something really special. Do you know what I'm saying? I can't and lie. I wish I was at the San Diego one. That shit looked live. San Diego one was cool. Yeah, that one was dope. It was dope. Yeah, big shout out to Jules and the Hickeys crew. Yeah. That was shout out to Jules and Hickeys and Dry Humps, man. Yeah. I got to get Jules on here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'm surprised I haven't crew. been on yet. Yeah. Because we talk about him all the time. Yeah. The yeah. number one Filipino wedding, wedding DJ. DJ. In, in SoCal. <laughs> Southern <laughs> California. <laughs> shout out to Jules. Um... But yo, like I, I know you have something special, and you just mentioned like the bigger it gets, the more kind of pressure you feel. Yeah, definitely. And I, I totally understand. Like sometimes I'll, I'll, I think I showed up really early one day, and you were just like, you know, you were very serious, and uh, and I was just like, yo, in my mind, I'm like, I forgot those days. You guys ever promote a party? Like, have you ever promoted a party? Yes. The anxiety you feel, like, the first couple hours of that party and no one's showing up or, like, not as many people show up. And I still think that every single time, like, even now, like, It doesn't go away, No, not at all. People, like, I can see that a lot of our RCPs are coming in. I can see that a bunch of tickets are being sold or, you know, I can, like, all of the signs point to it's going to be a dope party. But in my head, I'm just like, oh, what if... I just start overthinking everything. And I'm just like, what if nobody shows up today? What if something else comes up? You know, like I'm just, every single time, I just always expect that no one's going to come. It's like the worst. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I did it last year in June. Mm -hmm. And I did it and I showed up way earlier than that. I think I showed up before you did or whatever. You were on (laughs) load shit. But you had that anxiety or whatever. But what you were fighting, you were fighting the Golden State Warriors in the finals on a Sunday on a game day. You're like, dude, no one's going to show up. I was like, well, let's fucking hope for the best. And you got a great fucking crowd there. Yeah. And it was a fucking cricket flew in. Audio One's big comeback was right. that day. Yeah, that was a, that shout was a special Audio one. one. Yeah, shout out to him. But it was, I don't, like, I can, I understand what cricket says, the warm feeling. Like, I was, I, I probably one of my favorite sets I've ever fucking done, to be honest. 
And I'm just like, damn, you could have really gone any fucking where. Yeah, when I, when I say like when I let me clarify, when I say a warm feeling, I feel like I could go to any group of people and just start dancing with them, mm-hmm. where there's, there'll be like no judgment. Yeah, it's almost like I could put my arm around just a group of people and just be like, yo, like and have fun with them. And everybody grew. But with dude, you. Th- like you can't like that's not you don't have that energy at a lot of parties. I mean, it sounds like um, a, a backyard barbecue. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That's exactly. What we're we're everybody to know have. each other by having a good and time. He's ha- and he has food and he has drinks and yeah. great music. I've never had the food. The food is dope. Is food is yeah, dope. you know. Um, so when I first started the party, my my original idea was. Well, I had two. One was I really believed that. So just to, just to throw it out there, uh, bef- before I was DJing and at the same time that I was DJing, I used to be a chef. I used to you know be a professional cook. Worked in the industry since I was a teenager, and I really believed that I could cook some really really good ribs. Um, <laughs> I was know what I wanted to know was the ribs fresh or was it like is it frozen ribs that you just. No, never frozen. Okay, all right. Um, hell no. Uh, Yo, so no, so the me, first the first three. Yeah. Like three or four parties, I actually cooked all the ribs myself. Uh-huh. I would, you know, I would cook them at the restaurant that I was working at at the time. Holy shit! Um, and then I invited, oh, like, and then aside from that, my other idea was like every single time that I do this party, I'm gonna invite one of my chef homies, and then I'm gonna invite some of my DJ homies. And every single time, it's gonna be a different chef, and every single time, it's gonna be different DJs and myself. And you know, like, it just made perfect sense to me. But then as we were trying it out chefs are some of the most overworked people you know out there so like asking them to come in on a sunday on their day right. off to come and do something like prove to during be, the day yeah during the day <laughs> like in a place that doesn't really have a kitchen we're just yeah. like hey here's like make make some make some magic happen was like proved to be very yeah, difficult but, uh-huh. but every all but everybody did do something but changing it every single time was you know like maybe not the smartest idea at the beginning once uh, my partner, my chef partner, Eric, um, partner at the party, Eric got on board, like everything just clicked. Like he was all about it. His food was, is really, really good, really amazing. And once we had something consistent that was like, yo, I know that what anything that you put on the menu this month is going to be like hella good. Once he like it just all clicked and all like I just felt like after that, like we just started being more successful. Damn, are you are you always having to like? Do you think you always have to have ribs and everything? Like in South by Southwest Austin and San Diego, you didn't have ribs, either, did you? Oh yeah, there were. Yeah, did. for Dude, sure. I remember I went. Like I said, I went there for like fifteen minutes, and of course and you got yourself some. No, ribs. I was looking at the ribs. I didn't you know what. I don't like eating before I DJ. Finger licking good, but I was looking at the ribs. I was like, damn man. Shit look good, it never man. loves ribs, by the <laughs> yeah. way. This is in Austin. Austin, yeah, it was Austin yeah. like, oh man. Austin, we've uh, one of Eric's um, homies uh, that lives out there. He works at like the second best uh, barbecue restaurant in Austin. He came out and he cooked with Eric and put some really, really. Oh so shit! That, that whole menu was really. Did you have ribs fire. in San Diego? There was ribs in San Diego. Oh shit! There yeah. was. I didn't oh, try actually, them, but... yeah, I was watching motherfuckers eat ribs there. <laughs> yeah, That's right. I didn't get to try them, but my girl did, and she said they were like hella fire. So I think it was like, good. They were looking good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So wait, wait. I love that you have like a culinary background because in in my heart, I really like uh, I put chefs and comedians in this like hierarchy. Yeah, I, I really adore comedians and I adore chefs. To me, a chef is like the biggest rock star, like chefs working in a kitchen, like churning out like high quality foods, like on time and timing everything together. And then, like, you know, just, like, working, their asses off, sweating, 
and like it's almost like a fucking war you know what yeah, i mean exactly it's like i think those dudes are like the biggest rock stars to me and that was like when i was a teenager yeah. and i saw that um one of my first job was at um at a hilton hotel and i was working in front of house doing like room service and I, I remember like stepping into the kitchen for the first time and just seeing basically exactly what you just described just a, like fire everywhere people yelling at each other like and putting out all this beautiful food all at the same time and i remember like me being like 16 16 years old and being like holy shit that's exactly what i want to do right mm. he's like chaos yeah to, right. me, <laughs> yeah, to to me it's like the equivalent of watching like an nba final yeah because mm-hmm. these these are like the top athletes like working in the kitchen and they're timing and they're depending on each other and you know and then at the end of the night they fucking they need each other yeah. At the yeah. end of the night, they fucking Team. have a have drink. Have a drink. Yeah. And then they fucking, Ugh. you know, it's like uh, they're like kind of reminiscing over the night, like, yo, we fucking killed it. Yeah. yeah. And all that. I love yeah. that you have so, that background. So, like almost similar to DJing in the sense of like, I can't think of any other jobs besides DJing and being a chef where you just get that instant satisfaction every single time you do your job. You know, like you say, like you work with the team on everybody has the same goal and the same mission, which is to feed people right that day like wh- whoever's coming in you're like every and at the end of the night exactly what you said it's just like everybody's just like yeah that feeling like you know it's like almost like dj where like you see the the instant reaction from people if you play like the right song if you do a dope mix it's just like it's for a lot of people like in the industry it's like kind of like a high that they chase for a very long time like just just getting that yeah, yeah, yeah. that rush so wait, you started in like what room service? You said yeah. Was well, like at my at my first job at this hotel. <laughs> so like, yeah, I was like carrying like, and then you started working behind the scenes in the kitchen. Yeah, and then I was I would just get into trouble all the time because I was spending more time like in the kitchen hanging out with the with the cooks and actually doing my job. Where like I remember like the chef of that place like kind of like took me aside and be like, Kelvin, like if this is like something you're really interested, in, which it seems like you are, like why don't you come hang out a couple times a week? You know, like. And see if you're like really interested in doing that. And I was, you know, so she kind of took me under her wing oh, at shit. the beginning, which was, wow. yeah. And then she kind of pushed me to go to culinary school later on, like right after high school. So is that you went to culinary oh, yeah. school right after high school? Yeah. Wait, so how many years did you spend in, in like, uh, uh, two, two years it was culinary school. And then, uh, but being a chef in the, in the, in the oh, um, fuck. Um, maybe 15 years. 15 oh, years. Yes, yeah. I mean, it was like my, you know, like besides that, Besides my job working at that hotel after that, it was like just only a kitchen job wow. up until the pandemic, basically. Really? Yep. And so where where did DJing fit into all of this shit? DJing fit in, I mean, if, like, I, I guess that's kind of was like a big, eventually became kind of like a battle because it was just like trying to do both. One of the th- a big reason why I left the the industry was because like it's like the the restaurant industry being a chef is like you're kind of it's kind of looked at like you can't if you're a chef you can't do anything but mm-hmm. you know be a chef and I was like yo I have more than one interest I can't like I remember what like with the last chef that I worked with was like yo Kelvin like you're eventually gonna have to choose what you really want to do right and I was like I don't want to choose I want to do both and he was like no nah, you like literally you're gonna have to because it, it became like like I was always asking for time off for gigs I was right. always you know like like scheduling wise 
was difficult. And it's like the worst time. It's the weekends. It's like the busiest yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really, didn't really work out. I have like nothing but good memories doing that. And, you know, like obviously I miss parts of it. I, I think I miss the camaraderie more right. than the actual, like, I mean, I miss cooking, but like the, like what, what, what we said, which is like that experience of working with people is. Yeah, just everyone like selfishly working yeah. on a, like towards a common goal mm-hmm. together, right? Exactly. You see that in DJing sometimes? I don't see that in DJing. <laughs> you see, every, really? I guess it depends on the venues that you're at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right? But uh, when you do see it in DJing, when you work with another DJ and you guys are working a night together, whether you're open or headliner, and you see that, well, it is even, a beautiful like, thing. Not even in DJ necessarily, but think about it as like the whole club where it's just like, it's the DJ oh, or the, the security, DJs, right. and it's the security, and it's the bottle girls, right. or, and it's the bartenders, and the right. bartenders are getting like slammed, and you're like, okay, like... Or the bartend, or the bar is like maybe kind of like mellowed out for a little bit, so you might play a song like to kind of push people to go to the right, bar, right. you know, or you know, right, right, right. Yeah, it's like the like the whole the whole it's team. It's true. It's true. Like everyone just looking out. They don't. It's true, man. Yeah. Um, what what I love with your culinary background is that me and him can like talk about like restaurants and food. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm in San Francisco, he'll like he'll take me to a spot like. You know, what was the last spot you took me that had, like, really good hamburgers and shit? Oh, ABV? ABV, that's, yeah. That's the late night spot out that there. That was the spot That was fire. fire. And then and then recently, I was, I was, I was uh, talking about this pasta spot in Seattle. Yeah. He's like, yo, put, put me on. That shit looks dope. That shit was fire. good, right? Fire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how was the burger spot? Spot? You got to go there. You know, you know, never is a burger. Yo, yeah. definitely stop by ABV, right? ABV. ABV. Yep. I, definitely. Stop by yeah. that spot um, either before or after mm-hmm. uh, you go to R&B and Ribs. Definitely. It's definitely dope. All right. So one of the reasons you started R&B and Ribs, was it because you weren't getting enough DJ gigs? Yeah, I guess. I Well, I think it was like a, a little bit of like me being hungry for more and then me feeling at the time like maybe being overlooked. You know, I felt like I... SF nightlife culture at the time. But SF is tough, right? Yeah, there's a lot of DJs, and I feel like at the time it was like, it was all clout based. Like, it's like, how many people are you gonna bring out? How many Instagram followers do you have? How many priests? You get a table. Yeah. And but, but don't you think you were also coming up during an era where, like, San Francisco was suffering the most with nightlife? Because it was like, I think, I feel like the era that you came up in is right after the tech boom and they kicked all the locals out. Yeah, definitely. Do you know what I'm saying? So all of these dope, like mom and pop and like local spots in San Francisco closed down. So you had all these locals and this local scene completely changed. I remember even the nightclub, the music in the nightclubs became more top 40. Right. And it wasn't as like Bay Area influence. Yeah, definitely. It was like, I feel like, San Francisco uh, nightlife kind of suffered after 2015 a little bit, like mm-hmm. to, right up into the pandemic a little. It's the, that's probably the roughest time to come up in the San Francisco scene. Are you kind of referencing where like you would play Bay Area records in San Francisco and you can totally tell that the crowd didn't yeah. even know? Because yeah. you had all these transplants right, there, for right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'd be, yeah. yeah, that was very real. <laughs> um, but I think for me it was more of just trying to find my place to fit in and all of that because mm-hmm. um, I like I remember totally hearing from a couple people like when I was like be thought about getting booked for certain events certain parties certain certain clubs like oh yeah Nopa's a really good DJ but he's not really going to bring anybody out you know and I remember thinking that like that really like I really that really got to me and I was like 
I need to figure out like how, you know, how I'm going to, how I'm going to do something because, yeah. you know, it's just like, yeah, that kind of sucks to hear. Right. When you're like, damn, like that's, I'm supposed to be a promoter here too. Or, and, or how, like trying to figure out how, if that is the way things are going to be, which is like, yo, you got to bring, bring people out. Then how am I going to go about doing that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're coming up in the DJ scene, right. You just kind of want to be good. Yeah. And then when, People are like, you're good, but it's not enough. Right? right. It's just kind of like, what do you mean that's not enough? Right. Yeah. And then you have to like rethink your whole perspective on the industry right. itself. So wait, so you were like, I have to start a party? Uh, well, I, I saw a lot, a lot of the people that I that were like in my close circle. Yeah. One of one of my homies, one of my good homies had a really, really popping party that he, um, that I saw him build. And like, it was like in this little like English pub that would have like fish and chips during the day. And then at night it would just turn into like a rager. Yeah. And I remember seeing him that and he kind of like, I have to give it up to him because he really got in my ear early. What was his name? Uh, Mendoza. Mendoza? Yeah, Big Shell Mendoza. What was the spot's name? Uh, Edinburgh Castle. Edinburgh Castle? Yeah. Are so the fish and chips good? I never actually tried them. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because when we went, it was just like, it you would just see, you it would see the fish and chips menu on the walls, yeah, yeah. but like, they weren't serving food. They weren't serving food, no, because yeah. there was no room. And it was just like a little, the DJ booth was not even the DJ booth. It was like a corner of the room where they just had like two shitty controllers plugged into like a really crappy speaker. But like it would just be lying out the door. Yeah. Um, and he really got in, like one, I saw like how he had built that. And two, like we kind of eventually started doing a night together, like on a Thursday. And we would like sit and talk about how we were going to like make this Thursday night pop in. And I remember like we would also DJ, like just fuck around and DJ. And he was just like, all right, Kelvin, like, let me ask you this. Do you want to, do you care about this nerdy ass DJ shit or do you want to have a pop in party? And I was like, I want to do both, you know? And he was like, cause I want to have a pop in party. And like this nerdy DJ shit, like is just like, not going to matter if no one's coming out to see what you're doing. And like, and the, the reality is that he was actually, actually was a really good DJ. Like he would, you know, do his thing, but like, that was, it was really interesting to see his perspective of how that was secondary to, you know, making sure people were in the door and then, right. he, and then, you know, like what just, yeah. So I have a question, like the, the, the Nopa slaps I hear now at R&B and Ribs and the way you DJ at uh, R&B and Ribs, is that very, very different from how you spun you know, pre R and B and ribs. Were you more like technical? Were you more? You're I think I was always. Te- I think I always wanted to like try to get some technical shit off, right? Because yeah. that's like what inspired me when I first started DJing. Uh-huh. Um, was like the oh shit moments, right? And like, st- and I feel like, but you I, still have the oh shit for moments. sure. And I yeah. feel very lucky because I think that you know that ribs is a very like special place that like DJs kind of want to play because they know they can get some of that shit off the right in the crowd. Actually, looks forward to those moments. Yeah, like yeah. they know. Like, I feel very proud that the crowd at Ribs knows that I'm only going to book dope-ass DJs. So they kind of come to expect. trust. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you edu- you've, you've, like, educated your crowd somewhat. Try to. I, I, I got to say this, like, I've never been to a party where, like, it's it's very, man, it's it's very special. But it's like, it. this crowd allows you to do, like, like, uh these long transition mixes 
Mm-hmm. Like they stick around mm-hmm. where, you, where you can like drop the sample. Right. So and like someone will drop the original sample yeah. or they'll just drop some obscure, you know, song and people will fuck with it and they'll, they'll know that That's some, it's going to lead right. somewhere mm-hmm. and they wait for the lead and then they'll get the reward of the actual transition they and the they'll music. blow the fuck up. But in most places you would, if you were a DJ, you'd have anxiety because you'll exactly. be like, People, everyone's going to leave. Yes. Because I'm playing like the original sample. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not even playing just like a snippet. I'm playing like a, like a verse and a chorus mm-hmm. right. or even more. People lose interest. Like, no, but oh, like I've, it's one of the few places where I've seen like 32, 64 bar transitions and everyone is fucking with it and they're like absorbing it. And I'm like, yo, he's actually That's making, he's actually making like these long transition mixes cool mm-hmm. because usually these long transition mixes, I, I relate to like house music, right? right. Where you kind of build it up, you break something down and you build up something else. Right. And I think a big part of that. And you, has- but you're doing it with open format, which I've never seen. And I've never actually seen um, a crowd like really so receptive to it. I've only seen it once because I'm such a quick mixer, right? right. I mix quick. I'm like, Oh man, like, I gotta hit him. <laughs> that when I when I when I've been going to your parties recently, I'm like, yo, like, this is a new way of DJing that I'm seeing that the crowd is like being receptive to. So now I'm like, I want to start trying to do like these longer mixes and seeing where it goes. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, I think that a big reason why that works there specifically is because it you know it's it's during the day and it's on a Sunday. Like right, we're we're all kind of moving a little bit slower on a Sunday, just yeah. kind of vibing. Just like I feel like day parties, you can kind of get away with trying more experimental shit. I can't lie, I felt victim of trying to like fast forward through a mix, and it was that first um, careless whispers into the. Oh, this is you're talking about your set at R and B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt victim to trying to get in and get out, and I I was like, damn, I could have let that just. You're like, yo, you should let it roll out. I was like, nah, I felt like I was bombing. You know, because the thing is, is like. If you have, as a DJ, if you have the balls to drop something, you have to you double down it. on it. You yeah. got to sell it. Yeah. If you if you recoil and and you get out of it, you the the crowd knows it's like oh you pussied out. Yeah yeah yeah. So I you know, felt like, like I pussied out. I should have <laughs> stayed in the pocket, but I was like oh oh oh. I was like Kirkland later on, I was like yeah you should have stuck with it. I was yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. know. Like if I if I play a song and like I don't know if like and if I play like some new some new shit. And I see the crowd's not receptive. I bring it back to the beginning and I talk shit on the mic and I try to sell it again. And if it does if it starts to bubble a little bit, I'll play it again and I'll and I'll keep selling it till it oversells. But the last thing I gotta do is like mix out of it. Mm-hmm. I remember I was hanging out with my boy. This is when Essence first dropped. And I was like, yo, I was like drunk. I was like, yo, play Essence. And it was like towards the end of the night. Yeah. And he played it and the crowd wasn't feeling it. And he mixed out of it. I'm like, dude, you got to double down. You just got to let that shit play and let them fuck with it. Because mm-hmm. if you notice, when you play a song that people don't fuck with in the beginning, wait to the second verse, you'll start to see people vibe to it a little bit more. Like, oh, fuck, I always yeah. call it like the second verse vibe. Mm-hmm. Like people all of a sudden just vibe to it. Yeah. And then you start you start pulling them in a little bit more. But yeah, you got to double down. Yeah. If you're going to double, if you're going to, if you're going to fucking, if you're going to drop Careless Whisper like the yeah, way you yeah, did. Yeah. And it, it was it was a great it was a great mix that I had in mind, but I fucked up and so how, how long did you let it last? Did you let the vocals uh, kick in or you yeah, just- I let the vocals kick in, but I had the drums from um, international players, the Outcast joint with uh, UGK. 
I had that lined up afterwards, so I kind of fucked up, and I, I was like, Well, oh. he had the drums in it. So what, uh, what he should have done as Careless Whisperer was let going the song towards- play by itself. When it was, no, when it was going towards the second chorus, yeah. he should have kept the drums just going under the second chorus. And that chorus. was my mm. thing, but I, I fucked up and I hit the wrong And then he could have gone into, you know what I'm saying? Everyone's singing it, and then, yeah. then he could have gone into- Yeah, because I dropped that shit from the, the vocals, one. The vocals. But yeah. yeah, that's the one party. Outside of that, uh, I seen there's a do-over clip going around with Jazzy Jeff- where he used the Shook One's original sample, and he built it off of that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the only time I've ever seen it outside of Nova Slap's party, where the D, the crowd is with the DJ, and they trust him, and like, yo. I mean, well, the, the dude, or was that, that party back in the day? It was definitely that party. I mean, it kind of is still now. Still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But when it came yeah. out, it was just... Yeah, it was full force. It was something. Well, speaking know. of Jazzy Jeff, you're gonna have Jazzy Jeff. We got Jeff on Sunday. Pretty excited for that. That's big. big. Huge. Did you ever think you would have Jazzy Jeff? You know, like I have a list of DJs that I'm like, yo, this is like, yeah, the dream, right? And like he's Your wish like up list. there, like yeah, the wish list, and uh, like he's definitely number one. And I like, I guess yeah, like once with with the party picking up, I'm like, yeah, one day we'll make it happen. Yeah. Um, I didn't think that it happened so soon. How right. long have you been having the party again? Uh, started in uh, early 2018. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm curious, quickly, how did you find out about the party? Because you were the one that told us about it. Yeah, so I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And then I think you reached out to yeah. me, right? Re- I, I reached out to Book Crooked. What, was it by DM? Yeah. So he DM'd me. He said, like... So I was listening to the podcast, and I was, and I was just like, Crooked, all he does is talk shit about West Coast DJs. <laughs> so I was like, all right, then, like, Come out here and show us then. Show us how it's done. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so then he's like, yo, I didn't know that's why he wanted to book him. But, <laughs> and you know what? He killed it. No, no, but he hit me up and I was like, I think I like, I didn't know, I've never heard of R&B and Ribs. But the name at that time in 2020, I was like, what the fuck is R&B and Ribs? I'm not going to lie. When you say you was talked about R&B and Ribs party, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I was like, it's just, really? <laughs> you going to do that? It just, <laughs> It just, it was like, what, what kind of party is this, right? Yeah, and right. I think I did some research and I think Four Color Zach did it, right? Right, he had played before. Yeah, yeah so I hit a Four Color Zach and I said, how was that party? And he's like, okay. oh, that party's legit. It's mm. pretty, it's dope. And I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to do more of these like DJ parties. Yeah. So I said, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just do it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, in my rule when I said, I remember, remember I, I said it on the podcast. I said, I'm, I want to start doing more of these DJ yeah, yeah. parties. And my rule is never ask what I'm getting paid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just do it. And whatever motherfuckers, like, I don't care about the pay. I just fucking do it. Because Especially like, in a party like that, though. Yeah. yeah. So, like, when he hit me up, I was just like, I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. just do it. And I don't even think I hit you up, but like, what's the budget or anything? I think you just told me I told afterwards. You. Yeah. 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 But I just went out there and I did it. And it was like, it was super fun. And, uh, this is before the pandemic, right? This is right a month it was before. Like, yeah. No, like a couple two weeks. weeks yeah. yeah, two weeks before. We had before no ending. idea. Mm-hmm. It, it's so funny because I think we recorded the podcast like right before the shutdown. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, if this is how my year's starting, I'm like, this is going to be a great year. And, and then, then all of a sudden the shutdown nope. happened. <laughs> I was just like, man, this is starting off great. Like I did this dope party on beer ribs and it mm-hmm. just ended. But the funny thing is, Right after the pandemic, you guys exploded. It was almost like everyday people, like where there was this demand and appreciation for the party for R&B and ribs and everyday people and like what you did. 
And I think I think a lot of that had to do with us being permanently at El Rio because before like before that we were getting like dates here and there. El Rio is like everybody wants to do an event there, right? Um, so and El Rio is like a is it it's like a gay bar? Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely very. Are you one of like the few straight or like what I don't know like non-gay parties or like? Yeah, besides that, like there was a couple. There was a, this party called Sasson Libre there for a long time. That was like a basically like the reggaeton version of R and B and ribs. I would actually say that like they very much inspired. Me too. I remember the first time I ever went to El Rio. Actually, the first time I went to El Rio was years ago. They used to, El Rio used to do a $1 oyster Mondays or Tuesdays or something like that. Like in the backyard, they would have like an oyster person like just chucking oysters for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And like $1 tecates or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like way down the line, I went to a Sasson Libre party. It was like reggaeton. And I remember like first stepping up and stepping into the backyard and seeing like, like imagine R&B and ribs, but they're just playing like hella dope reggaeton music and i remember walking in there and being like holy fuck like i need to do something here like this is the goal right like it's such a special venue yeah super special i can't even explain like when you go outside there's like this backyard uh but there's it's in the pit kind of too yeah i mean it's this backyard but you see there's like like actual people that there's a residence like People live upstairs. People, yeah. live, upstairs. Yeah, people live upstairs. No, but to say it looks like a, a street. Like there's like buildings across the well, street. Well, no, no, no. It's actually the behind the buildings. So you're in yeah. the backyards of all of these buildings. Yeah. But like sometimes you'll see the residents like on the roof just hanging yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. People on the roof vibing out. And they're vibing out. And it's just such a vibe. Like, like a block like a block party. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. You know what's the funny thing? When I first did his party, I think I was like, hey, so what what's the IG for R and B and ribs? And he was like there is none. Use the hashtag. And I was like, yo, I was like, no, you have to create, you have to have an IG. He's like, yeah, I've been on the fence about it. And I was like, no. And I think you started that. I started it like literally the next day. <laughs> um, you know, because at the time I was like, hey, this party's doing well. Like, we're, we don't need IG. We don't need yeah. it. Like, yeah. this party is, is dope. Like, mm-hmm. we don't, yeah, it might, for some reason, which is so crazy that I actually thought that because now what, Social it's, media, it's so instrumental Instagram. now. So instrumental, yeah. Because your recap videos go viral. Yeah. Everyone's looking at your recap videos from R&B and Ribs. Well, and yeah. It's insane. And yeah. like I started just posting clips instead of like recap videos because I feel like in yeah. a recap video, we've all seen that. We've all been at that party that wasn't that popping. Yeah. But like then like the videographer, you know, works their magic and make, you know, that's their job, right? To make the party look popping. So like mm-hmm. you'll see the recap video come out and it just looks like, oh shit, that looks dope. Yeah. But um. You're I started abs- doing you're absolutely just, right with that because, yeah. like, you like anyone can finesse a, a party through a recap video, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can make the shittiest party look decent in a recap video, but that's why I think having a like a, a straight 20 second to 60 second video, like a one time shot, yep, of like the music and the crowd is so important. I think that's more. Uh, yeah, that's volume. Yeah, yeah, that has it resonates with viewers and people like way stronger because it kind of feels like you're there or you want to be there because you know there's no edits and shit. You're right. seeing it in real time yep. as it ha- as it's happening. Yeah, that's a Yeah, and then but you know what really fucked it up is there's so many DJs that like fake fake their shit where they'll be DJing and then like they fake the crowd reaction and it'd be dead. Well, like it's just not, it's not valid. The shit ain't valid. But like when you see the straight videos, like, yo, this shit is valid. Mm -hmm. And especially the videos he puts up from other people's perspectives, like other people's stories. Those are always great because a lot of people captivate the moments that happens to them. Are you, are you, uh, and so when, when during the pandemic, you know, I I know you were streaming a little bit Mm -hmm. and stuff. What what were you thinking behind R&B and ribs? 
like during that time did you think it was going to come back to oh normal? yeah definitely knew just like how strong like i mean you were there at the last party that we had and like everybody throughout the pandemic kept hitting me up to be like yo we can't wait till this comes back like we need a huge party when everything wow. opens up yeah yeah you know we didn't know that it'd be you know well, how long was, yeah but it feels uh, like everything kind of happened fast right like you guys grew a lot pause like in 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 like in very little it seems like over like in a year like i feel like the party doubled or almost tripled in size or hype like like over the pandemic right a yeah definitely bit? yeah once but you never anticipated that or or did you i mean i want to say i want to say yeah I, I, I really believed in, in yeah. what i was doing like i like looking back like even the first party that we had like that was you know just like a lot of industry people came out like a lot of my chef you know restaurant people came out uh dj homies like it wasn't obviously what it is now but i remember even from that first one at the end of it a lot of people coming up to me and being like yo this was hella dope like yeah, yeah. can't wait for the next one wow. so like yeah like i i want to say that yeah i did envision it to like be where it is now and like you know kind of see where yeah. where it goes i love it so 2018 when you started this shit right mm -hmm. like from 2018 to now 2023 five years actually right yeah yeah in those five years what are some of the most important things that you needed to kind of like adapt to or like learn you know because i feel like you're doing so much for the party mm -hmm. i think one of my concerns is that i want you to like i want you to like kind of start delegating in the next five yeah, years for sure. so you know what i'm saying yeah and that's definitely something but, that's but, always on the top of my mind yeah but it's just like when you create something on your own and you're like, you know, like I'm sure you guys can it's understand. Your it's just like, yeah, it's just like, and I hear you talk about it on here all the time where it's just like, do this and then it comes back and it's not exactly what you want. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I need to learn how to be better about that. Yeah. Just letting go a little bit. Right. Yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll come over time. I think. Yeah. I want you to talk to um, MoMA from Everyday People. Yeah. I would love to. I mean, yeah. every time he's on here, I'm like. I listen to those episodes like a couple times sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So in 2000, like, I feel like there's so many um, DJs that want to start their own parties. Mm -hmm. But I kind of want you to give them some type of jewels. So like from 2018 to 2023, what do you think is like the most important things that you had to tackle? Or like, you know, or, or be on top of? Um, I mean, I think the number one thing is just like, I really strongly believe that a big reason why R&B and Ribs has become so successful is because I've only ever booked really, really good DJs. Mm. Every single DJ that has ever played the party, like I've heard them DJ before. Actually, like um, Andy Uops was the first one that, like, who was on here last a couple weeks ago. He was the first person that I have never heard DJ before, but like P-Dot, you know, vetted for him and I actually asked around and everyone was like, yo, he's hella dope. Yeah. But besides that, like every other DJ, I'm like, Okay, like I'm actually a fan of theirs first. Yeah, but then me, you also like rolled the dice with me. You weren't sure. No, I had heard you. I have. I had heard you before. <laughs> I don't I think you've it. heard me. That was my. Question. I had heard you before as well. I don't know where, but I had heard you at Temple. Like when you came, when you used to come and do Temple. Oh really? Yeah, in the downstairs room. Yeah, I, I don't know where you, you used heard to come me. out for that. Really? I, I, I came. I saw you come out. I saw you like twice. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I even went up to the DJ booth and I said, "Hey, I, I'm a big fan of the podcast." And you were like, "Excuse me, can I help you?" No. Did <laughs> I, <do that> too? <laughs> I didn't do that. Did I? 
I think, I mean, you were just like very much crooked focused, you know, uh, the classic. Did I give you a pound? Or I didn't oh, give for you sure. A, oh, yeah, okay. you were hella cool, but you were busy. I thought you was just like, yo, can I help you? Can I help <laughs> you? <laughs> what? What podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I love about you, I feel like you've also put on so many local DJs like that yeah. I would never have heard before. Yeah, you I mean, know? I'm like, I'm a DJ nerd first, right? And yeah. I'm, a, I'm a DJ fan. I'm a fan of DJs. I'm a fan of DJ culture. So like, I, yeah, like I want to put DJs on that I'm a fan of. But also put some of like the local cats that are like putting in work yeah. that I see. I, that love I, see to- out. I love Tommy's energy. One four three Tommy. One four three Tommy. Yeah, he's he's, he's like he's he every time star. I see him I get happy. Yeah. yeah, like he just makes me happy when I see him. He's just so fun. He makes everything so fun. Even when he's spinning, it's just so yeah, fun. Yeah. And then uh, the the DJ Ivy. Yeah, yeah, big. Yeah, she's big. dope. She's hella dope. There's a there's a, a bunch of like local motherfuckers that you Mike. you put on. I remember the first night. Was the first night that I did it? Did um, Lazy Boy hop on? I think like, at the end. Yeah, at the end, at the end. We, yeah, it was just like he did like fifteen minutes. Did or like, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was right yeah. when we thought he was going to the World Finals. Is that you also trying to pay it forward, like set a platform for all the DJs? Yeah, you know, like coming up definitely, and also like I really want to put on like obviously like some of the young locals, but also some of the DJs that I think are that I like look up to and I think are hella dope but maybe aren't getting the shine that they deserve yeah, like yeah, you know yeah. like Spider Tech for example like he's like one like obviously like one one of the best DJs out there but I right. think like you know I, I it's really cool to see now him like starting to get like some right w- yeah. more of the shine that he deserves but like I like when we brought him out like nobody besides like the, like my DJ homies nobody in that crowd knew who who Spider Tech was right. but they sure did as soon as he was done DJing you know and like mm-hmm. I want to keep putting on you know dope DJs like that and it's crazy like uh you know when we had like our little like I don't know what we call them like the road uh like recap awards for 2022 yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Spider Tech's yeah. the number one mix that everyone voted for was Spider Tech's live mix at R and B and Rips? That was good promotion for you for a little oh, bit, right? Yeah, for sure. And that, that's that's like a that's one of the things that I feel like, you know, there's so much content around what you guys have done in the past two years. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot. Yeah. Well, like I have like a really good photographer and a really good videographer too. That's just like their job is that's just to so take important, clips. isn't it? Yeah, to him. You need yeah that. big shout. Um, that's like you know, yo. When I, I don't mean to cut you. No, off. No, go for it. When I speak with MoMA, and you know, I talk, I talk to him all the time about everyday people. Mm-hmm. One of the key things he always tells me is the fucking videographer and the fucking photographers. They're such a major part of making the crowd comfortable. Because mm-hmm. even yeah. when they're when they're taking pictures of people when they're they become a big part of the party right. themselves. They become like, like a yeah. big part. Like Power of it. is um that's the name of our photographer and like everybody knows him and he takes amazing photos that like. They look like portraits sometimes and like people are just getting them just right. for coming out to the party that like sometimes people go up to him because they want their picture taken by him, you know? Yeah. And he knows he, and they know, people know that he's never gonna, we're never going to post a bad photo of people because he takes his job very seriously about like, you know, yeah. he wants everybody to look good. So give me like the, give me like the top three things that a DJ should know when they're starting on party. Number one, you mentioned are the DJs, right? mm-hmm. music. That's yeah. definitely important. Huge. Right. What, what do you think? Second. I mean, I don't know if it's second because I don't know, like, if the it's second in importance. But just because we were talking about it, I think having like some having some type of documentation of the growth of your party is very important. Like, I'm looking back at like the first year, like 2018, like like having a photographer wasn't really in the budget. Like, it was just me and my homies right. that were like coming out to DJ for like maybe like like dead ass like 50 bucks or whatever the bar gave us at. Like, that was like year one R&B and ribs, right? 
Um, but I wish that like I could have pictures from that first year. I could have right. some videos from that first year, but there was none. So I think like, like you don't have enough photographer. Like if you really believe in the party that you're starting, I think that that's in the times that we live now where social media plays such a huge role in, in nightlife and in just, I guess, life and marketing, uh, and marketing for sure. Um, I think investing in, in a photographer is very important. Yeah. Yeah. And then what do you think is the third one? Would it be maybe the, is it the venue? Definitely. Yeah. 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 Venue is huge. Um, yeah. Thank you for saying that. No, no, you know why? Um, yeah. Um, the venue because like, so like r and Rip started originally at um, this place called Madrone, uh, which is like another really. Oh, yeah, Madrone. I've yeah. heard of that. Yeah. 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 You've been there. You, uh, you, you came and hung out. We, that's where uh, it's where Motown on Mondays is. Oh, well okay, okay, Monday. okay. Yeah, that's a dope spot. You yeah, had me super DJ dope. There, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you DJ there on Friday. Shout um, to Motown on Mondays. Yep. Um, so it started there, and I was like, I love Madrone. Like it's, you know, like I have a I have a residency there. I'm like, that's like, I feel like I call it like my living room sometimes because I just feel so comfortable in that space. And like, the owner, like when I, he was the first person I ever told about R and B and ribs, too. And he was like, Yeah, for sure. Let's try it out. Like let's let's do it on a on a random Sunday. Um, and when we we did it and people liked it, you know, we had the food outside, we had all the DJs inside, and it was cool. But I always knew that that wasn't the like the right place for it. I always yeah. knew that this party was supposed to be out outdoors. Like I was so inspired by the do over right, like so inspired by like everyday people. So like 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 we've been saying, like once the party moved to El Rio to like a proper outdoor venue. The party just took off. Yeah, I'm trying to pinpoint what is the difference between a day party and a night party. Essentially, what is the difference? I feel like definitely in a day party, you can get away with playing like more obscure, mm-hmm. uh, vibey music, vibey, vibey right? For yeah. sure. And whereas like in a nightclub, why, why is it in a nightclub setting you can't get away with that? What is the difference? I'm t- I've been trying to figure this shit out. Like, why why can't we get away with the shit at night? Hmm. Maybe the people we've been DJing a long time. I know, yeah. Maybe people are more. Choosy. What do you think it is? I think it's like a the Sunday chill vibes, but yeah, I would love to hear Neva's take on that. That's a great <laughs> yeah, no, question. Neva, what's mean, your take? My take? Well, <laughs> is there a lot of day parties in um, San Francisco? Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of day parties in almost every city. Like, but I'm not saying for yeah. like San Francisco. I know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's more now than ever before. Damn, maybe the sunset the vibey yeah i think that's mainly it because you're not you're not dealing with nightclub owners you're not dealing with you don't have to hit a certain quota maybe i don't know maybe but you know you're what? not dealing with lights and fucking confetti you know i don't think that, oh, yeah, i don't think that i don't think that but even <laughs> even at like even at, at ribs like i have to get up give it up to all the djs because like whatever slot a dj has they always know kind of what to do like they're like if you're like early you're gonna like you're going to play more of the vibey stuff because the reality is like as the day gets like, you know, once it's like like the, like the last set of the day, people do want to hear more of like that nightclub kind of right. set. They want to hear sing-alongs. They want to hear like, they do want like some quick mixing. So like, and oh, like you've more, noticed that, huh? Even like the vibey stuff won't be working as much. Maybe like, at, oh, really? Like, like later on in the, wow. in the evening. Also maybe because people day drink and they can get, they're going to get home at a certain time and get some rest before work day too. I think that has a lot to do like, Oh, let's just, you know, chill here and let's figure this out. Like, you know, there's no real I don't, pressure. I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people like that. A lot of people like the day drinking and they still get home by 10. And no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. They talk about the I agree. Uh, music 
musical. Yeah, but I think you're less, you're more chill because I guess because it is a Sunday. I'm trying to really think about it. I actually think that maybe on the West Coast, like a day, a day event actually has more hours than a night event on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. I feel like people are kind of rushing on the West Coast, especially in Cali. Because honestly, the club opens at 10, 10 30. Yeah. You got like. People couple, show up by midnight and yeah, then they only have like, like two, an hour and a half. Two, yeah. so you got to go in. Two hour tops. Yeah. I, I don't think, I feel I like that formula it. doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But a day party on the West Coast works really well. It goes because like four, you, four hours? Five six hours. hours it six. goes usually. It goes from six. like fucking two, two? o'clock to okay, like yeah. eight, eight sometimes, yep. right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I feel like it gives them more time to like soak it in. It also gives them time in the early side. To appreciate an opening set, which is like a vibey opening set. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Whereas in a nightclub, it's just kind of like, yo, we ain't got much time. Let's get into you it. You got to hit him right yeah. away. I need my song. I think that maybe that might be it on the West Coast. I don't know about the East New Coast. York or- yeah. But I, mean, uh, I think that, yeah, I think I think you got it. Enough. You know, it's funny. You 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 like, uh, I talk with Momo about this. I keep mentioning Momo with everyday people. But we talk a lot. But yeah, you have stake in the company. Yeah. Go ahead. You gotta start doing. You gotta start doing shots every time you mention. You have stake in the people. company. It's like a shot game. Yeah. You have a stake in the company. Yeah. Everyday people are now R and B briefs. Hello. Yeah. Here we go. But you know, I talked to him because you know you were just saying that towards the end, towards the night, like you got a quick mix a little bit more. Do you kind of like the way moment like kind of uh, organizes the DJs and organizes the whole day? You know, he's meticulous about having like certain music at a certain time and knowing when to hit them. Yeah. Are you the same way? I, I take a lot of pride in the lineups that I put together and mm. I take a lot of pride in the way that I put the DJs together. And, and like it's it feels really good because people notice and DJs especially, they come up to me at the end and be like, bro, the way you just had everybody, you know, the way the, the, way the, the day flowed today was just, you know, yeah, like so I perfect. The, I got the first hour, you know, I was just like... You? So, so was, what, what, <laughs> <I was playing>. <laughs> no. <laughs> so how many hours each DJ? Um, one hour. One, one hour. hour yep. And then he has like fifteen minutes. I usually break. start it up, and then um, just to kind of welcome everybody, mm-hmm. and then so I you're put the first myself, DJ. No, yeah. it depends on uh, depends on the date. Like uh, like the last one I I did just because I wanted to get like some people. O'clock, right? We start at two. Yeah. So maybe like two, two to three. Or like I'll I'll play, but usually I play I play later on as well, mm-hmm. and then I'll close it out as well, um, and then we'll have DJs one hour in between. But yeah, I put myself in a different slot every single time. Sometimes I headline, sometimes I'm on early, sometimes I'm on in the middle. But you have like five minute increment sets. Yeah, in between so like I always feature. I have um, my laptop plugged in the entire time just because I don't know this goes with my. Anxiety as okay. well, I guess, just in case something Shit, happens. Bombs. I'm like, I'm, bam, still here. I'm still here, yeah. You know what? He's really smart because I've noticed, I've been to a couple R&B and ribs. Mm-hmm. He strategically, and I could be wrong, but this is my thinking. He strategically plans himself in certain time slots <laughs> where I think he knows he's like, I got to hit them with this kind of music or I have to hit them with this set just in case the DJ before me doesn't take it to another level. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong or right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that. No diss to the other DJs. No, 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 no. at all. And, the, and it's not even like that they're not going in. It just might be like a different style. You, but you know, might like have to like give more them something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, but, but here's the thing is that like someone might book me and they're like, oh, Crooked's high energy. But then if I'm doing your like R&B party, mm-hmm. it might be my, like I've, I, I talk with a bunch of DJs about this. It's like 
people expect a certain energy from you. Like I think last time you saw me, like I wasn't on the mic as much. I know. I was, yeah. con- I was concerned. <laughs> Clear. <laughs> no, no. But um, not enough motherfuckers. No, but like, today. yeah. But if I'm doing like, um, if I'm doing a good music party, sometimes I want to play certain things that I don't get to play. Mm-hmm. But those songs that I choose to pick for my set might be super chill. Yeah. And obscure. So like, there's this DJ. Who's like, I'm going to take this hour slot to be really obscure and really kind of go deep, deep, deep. Mm-hmm. But he might be like, look, that's five o'clock. We that's need not to what get, he wants from you. We need to moment. get his popping. So by right. at like six o'clock when he gets on, he's going to give himself a 30 minute to be like, All right, I'm going to amp this shit up a little bit. Yeah. So the DJ after him knows. It's time to go. Okay, we're, we're going on this energy now. Right. Right. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Right? Okay. So you, but you know when to plant yourself in a little bit or you just. I mean, of, and yeah, and it goes back to knowing every single dj like hearing hearing them before you know like being a fan of their style before right. before not just booking somebody because you heard they were dope or they have this many followers or you know yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. who's your, who's your favorite dj right now like Ooh, great question um like ivy i'm a big fan of ivy yeah like she she's, she's really killing dope. it and she's got swag and she's just like she just plays the right shit at the right time um, and then like Sean Looney, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Sean Looney's a great guy. Yeah, super dope. Sean he's, Looney's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> met him. You know, we hang out. He's, <laughs> he's a great we, guy. He's great. Yeah, he pulls up all the time, and he doesn't drink, so he just stands in the corner and just watches the really nice time. Guy, yeah. Yeah. I always, I always love like in R and B and ribs like. In the back behind the DJ, there's all, you all you know everyone's a DJ behind. Them. Yes, everybody. Is everybody so, checking you out? Yeah, but sometimes you have like you know like ten ten dudes like. And they're just all kind of like, see what you about to do. Uh, what, what you about to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Lie. I was they all nervous. got that energy, and I fucking hate that shit. I hate I that shit too. I don't you hate lie. that? Yeah. I can't lie. I was so nervous on mine because Espinosa was behind me. You were behind me. Audio One was behind me. This motherfucker. Yeah. Everybody was there. I was fucking nervous. Yeah, but like that's why if I if I know I'm gonna stand behind a DJ, I have to be somewhat reactive. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just stand behind a DJ in the DJ booth and be like texting and acting like. And judging every song and making these weird reactions, like mm, that was yep. pretty good. Because you know what, you're like you're gonna ruin the videos. Yeah, you're gonna ruin the you know. Don't need, but the people can see the shit. Mm-hmm. Like the crowd sees Definitely. it, and like it kind of affects the energy when they're like, "Oh, this is dope," and then like, but the guys in the back aren't feeling it. So is cricket this usually goes to that one cut in that staircase to the left of the stage. That's where you be. Yeah, I don't want to be seen. Yeah, usually <laughs> down there. I don't want no one to see me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually like the plants. <laughs> I like I like being like off to the side, uh-huh. but that's anywhere. Like if I go to any club, I just really want to be in the darkness and listen to the DJ and yeah. like and just like enjoy myself. Even if I'm like if I'm like yo, this set is amazing, mm-hmm. or even if I'm like yo, this set is horrible. Yeah. But like I, oh, swear, you want to be in there? I want to be alone. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be with my boys, like off to the side, so no one can see us like laughing or whatever. You're talking shit, yeah. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> I saw that you put a like a restricting line oh, on the stage that? now. You notice that? Yeah. What is yeah. that? Remember, it's, a, it's like a what do you call it? A stanchion? Yeah. You put a stanchion up on the um there. Just we're trying it out. Like it's to be randos. Yeah. And yeah people basically. can come up to the yeah. DJ. And yeah. it was as we've gotten busier. All of a sudden, it's like wait, there's like more people that I don't know up here than I know. Mm-hmm. And um, I was telling my my boy, we're just like yo. I feel like a stranger at my own party. You know, it's like what happened one time when it was just hella busy and he was just like, well, we need to do something about that. Um, 
so we tried it out and I think it's cool. But I was noticing that it does make, it just changes the whole vibe. Like even though it's just all it is, is this one little rope up there. Yeah, yeah. Just that, like I don't know if, I don't know if I if I like it yet. If we're gonna maybe put it. things on the floor, it says keep off. People don't listen. Yeah. There's signs keep on the speakers off. that say. Don't step on the here. I think that's worse, say, right? <laughs> no, because you can't off. see. Because you can't see it. And this, you can see the line. You can I don't see think it's bad. I don't, from the last times I didn't see, it, it's fine. It's because yo, his shit gets so turned up. Like regular people start dancing. And then they'll just like start creeping closer to the DJ booth. They get and on the line, like invading the DJ. Step in yeah. And then when they're that close, sometimes they're like, "Oh, let me talk to the DJ, or let me request You're doing something." Great. Request a song. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those. My you know, those my only complaint about R and B and ribs is that he doesn't have a fucking laptop stand. That's my only complaint. I Wait, really? Him. Why are you I, anti? I, I don't like laptop stands. Wait, what? Do you, who says that? What? Who says, Who says what? They don't like laptop like, stands. I, I feel like they. I feel like it's gonna fall. Like I'm kind of clumsy. That I feel like just ups the way it put it, it underneath the turntables, you'll be okay. I get the low one then, man. I, I don't <laughs> like it. I don't like it because you know I mean, like we're, not the, the tall, so we're not the tallest too. guys here, but you have to like bend over and like. Uh. But you know what? We're not anti. I don't use one, but I there's been DJs that have brought <laughs> laptop stands before and used it. You don't have to be like uh, type P- you in. <laughs> He's like trying to be PC about laptop stands now. <laughs> like he just said, I don't like Asian people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like uh, laptop stands. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's a bold statement there. <laughs> you got to defend that shit now. He's like, well, I'm not mad if you bring a laptop stand. We but just don't personally, me. Now we know what to get you for Christmas. Yeah, laptop right, stand. <laughs> we'll get him like five different laptop <laughs> stands. It's the big, tall one. <laughs> we need two. One for him, for his computer and one for the other, the other guy. So with, with the party growing and growing and expanding and stuff like that, do you have an idea of where you want it to go? And are you know, people, you know, right now we're trying to, we've been doing a couple of different cities, you know, San Diego is really fun and San Diego was great. Yeah. San Diego was amazing. Guys did um, and so obviously people have been reaching out to, to kind of do other cities. I think for now I'm being very picky about where exactly we're going to go. You know, like I don't right. want to, mm-hmm. like my number one most important thing is like, as as cheesy or corny as this can sound, it's just like protecting the brand, protecting, or like, I don't even like using the word, but protecting the party, right? Because I like, yeah, protecting the identity of the party yeah. is, I'm going to be very, very picky about where we go and not just try to do too much too fast because a lot of people have even like told me already, like, yo, you've outgrown El Rio, you've outgrown El Rio. And it's just like, no, like, okay, maybe that's, I'm like, no, but we're not moving. We're like El Rio, right. like, we're like, I would rather you know, like make it, not make it a little bit harder to, to come in, but like limit the amount of RSVPs that we have come, like come in and like maybe like cap the door at a certain amount. But like, we're not leaving El Rio anytime soon. Like that's just like, that's just like, that's what makes R&B and Ribs so special. Yeah. And I think it's important that, you know, San Francisco has, has this party and you, and you, and it's almost like you make people come to San Francisco yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, that's it's. I mean, like I said, it's that's wild that people are flying out. Yeah, no, but but I think it's so important for San Francisco because I feel like San Francisco needs party like yours. I'm sure there's like a bunch of other parties that are popping. Mm-hmm. I, but even when I talk to people in San Francisco, I'm like, where do you guys go? A lot of them are going to like San Jose or like Oakland for parties. They're not even like there's like not a lot of nightlife in San Francisco right. itself. Yeah, but that's why I think you guys are so important. I've never heard of that when motherfuckers in San Francisco were like, yeah, we usually go to San Jose 
or we go to like Oakland for these parties. How far is the drive from the, from San Francisco uh, to San SF? It's almost like San Jose is an hour. Yeah, SF to Oakland's like twenty minutes. But it's almost like a motherfucker in New York being like, we don't party in Manhattan anymore. We go to Jersey. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like that to an extent. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, it co- it goes down. To, my opinion is it goes down to a lot of what you were saying um, earlier, where it's just like San Francisco has gotten very expensive for people to live in and like the first people that go that kind of move when those those things happen usually are like the creative people right that like you know artists creatives the type of people that you want in your city creating culture so like it's been very noticeable when you know in the past few years when when those you know a lot of those those creatives are no longer no longer in the city Mm. and then like even you kind of notice it too and like bottle service clubs where like i've dj'd at some some spots before it's just like every single table was sold out but the dance floor is like almost empty because like the people that have hella money are like going out and like the people that like would normally be like actually creating the vibe creating the party like aren't really around because why would they want to hang out there's almost no uh ga there's no general admission yeah which is wild so like that is like you know big shout out to uh crybaby in oakland that's like probably like one of my favorite venues in the bay area right now and then like rec room in san jose like those are two like big shout shout out like big shout arcade like he's doing like he's creating really dope culture in his city and bringing out a lot of djs from all over that would never really get to play in San Jose. Isn't it yeah. funny how, like, we, you know, and we, we talked about this in the Andy Uops and uh, P. Trash Pandas episode, DJs are curating the future of, like, parties right now. Which is right? dope. Yeah. Which I think is super dope because, like, like, you know, I talk to Arcade about this all the time and it's like we, it feels good to kind of, like, be where we're at now because I think that we were putting in, trying to put in our time for a long time and kind of maybe feel at a, being at a place like we weren't, getting the shine that we you know like i would i would put arcade as like probably like one of the top like he's another one if you ask me one of my favorite djs like arcade is definitely up there top three one of the one of the best out there in the bay right now um but honestly into before the pandemic like i had never heard of arcade and like i like you know i feel like everyone should know you know and he's been able to create something down there and now a lot of you know a lot of djs know him and he's getting booked at you know in other markets which i think is very well deserved yeah I also think like what what's what's funny that's what's going on is that in the beginning, like you know, like I was speaking of in the 2015 era, you know, a lot of DJs were at the mercy of the venues, mm-hmm. right? And it's kind of like all these DJs were at the mercy of the venues. They had to play a certain way. They had to kiss someone's ass to get into this venue, or work the politics to get into this venue, or be cool with whoever to to get an opening in, and then. Now the DJs are curating their own parties and they're hooking up, you know, other DJs that they that think are dope. Right. And it's not just all about politics. It's it's really about the music and the DJs yeah. now. And it's really shifting. And it's almost to a bit where you guys have are in a position of power, right? A, a little bit more. Your your control is and it's it sounds crazy to say, but you guys are kind of controlling the direction of nightlife for the bay right now to a certain extent right yeah that's i've, I've noticed that as well yeah that's yeah, cool it's cool but you, you ever thought you'd be in this position um no definitely not <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a good place to be i just wanted to have a good party yeah yeah, yeah. i'm, I'm kind of wondering do you still feel like 
I don't know. Is, is there something in you that still wants to DJ at like these bottle service clubs, or that wants to do like you know a top forty room or anything like that? Or do you think that kind of conflicts with the brand of R&B and ribs? I don't think it conflicts with it because that's just me as as a DJ, me as a person. Because the reality is like I do still like being in those rooms. I like playing certain bottle service clubs. I like playing like top 40 type shit yeah um i think if if anything just whenever i do play those rooms i have to say like i have to i usually at the end of the the night i take a step back and like it makes me really appreciate my party (laughs) because i'm just like oh shit like i do like i have something special here like because like the sometimes the energy is just not the same right like i'm just used to like you know what we have and then it just what, what, do, what do you think, in your opinion, what's the difference in energy that, that you notice in the bottle service top 40 energy? It's kind of you have to pull, pull it out of them a little bit more. Yeah, and definitely. It's just like, I mean, only basic ass people really want to go to like a bottle service spot because like they, you know, like Crook, like when you go up there and like we talk about you playing, like, we see that room, right? And it's just like, <laughs> it's like the people that like they searched on Google what's popping they don't know like what the dope places what the dope parties are at so they're yeah. like that's that's what they have and right and that's what that that place and like that the service that they're providing is for but it really is like just like you can just see it in the crowd it's like the most basic i don't know what the word that you use like it's like the most basic top 40 it's kind of like generic. Uh, yeah very yeah. yeah i mean yeah i know what you mean i i like he came to see me when i was djing this club mm-hmm. and i was like oh man this motherfucker gonna see me play the like shit's all I don't like all the cheesy, yeah. obvious, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like top forty shit. Yeah, and I was like, and then all these other DJs started coming out, and I was like, fuck, man, you're killing I, it though. I, I, I think, I think like Butch came out, Amen came out, mm-hmm. like uh, Jay Spinoza. Yes, but knows. I was like, yo, fuck, man. I was just like, dude, like everyone's coming out to see They're me fucking saying, play on this, like for this. You can't play the cool <laughs> shit. You got to play like the. <laughs> I was just like trying to get any type of reaction and get people like dancing <laughs> and like wilding out. You know, I'm on the mic just being a fucking fool. But mm-hmm. yeah, he's over there and I'm just like, oh. And you actually stayed longer than I thought. You know, I was like, you were killing it. You nah, made nah. me stay. You did your job. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> he was just like, he's like, damn, Crooked ain't drinking his calm bottle. I'll just yeah. finish all this whole shit. <laughs> yeah. that's, why, that's why I stayed. <laughs> See, I knew that's why. Yeah, I knew that's why. <laughs> what was I going to say, I have a, um, about a year and a half ago, maybe a year, a little bit over a year, you were talking to me about a club that you were trying to break into. And, and, I, and I was already in that realm of that club. And you're like, yo, like, I just want, you've done it before, right? I was like, yeah. You're like, what is the rate that they give you? And I told <laughs> you the rate. And you're like, they're offering me, you're fucking crazy. Like, don't take that. Like, you have, you already had R&B and ribs bubbling. Right. I was like, how dare you disrespect yourself and your branding at that point to take that just to go into that club? Right. At what point did you hit yourself in the head, you're like, wow, I don't really need to fucking be taking this low of a fucking budget to break into these rooms, knowing what you have, you know. I, honestly, I think only until very recently. Mm. But is this you before know? or after your party? No, oh, this, this is like a this year, is a year, year and, and a half, half ago. ago. Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, but like I was always just like, oh, there's certain certain rooms that I'm trying to get into, right? And it's just like, okay, do I get my foot in the door? And then I'm like, okay, after I do a good job and then we can... That can go up in the future. The money. Yeah, exactly. But that there was no renegotiating at this type of place. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And yeah, I think it was just more like me, even even as like as much as a year and a half ago, like I just, I mean, I'm just a natural overthinker of everything. So definitely a year and a half ago, I was like, okay, like R&B and Ribs is doing good. But like the party was still like every other month. So it was just like, what was I doing in that? Like right. once the party comes around, we'd like, it's cool, but what I'm like, I still want to do. Yeah, because I remember I was yelling at you. On you want to stay busy. You want to exactly. do other spots, right? Right. But I was—I I don't know that that club just didn't fit what you are. Like, was it a Mondrian bar? Mm-hmm. That fits you. Some of the Commonwealth fits you. I—I right. th- I think the problem. But this club. Hold on, Kirk. Yeah. But this club just didn't fit Nova Slap. It didn't fit me even. To be right. honest with you, but it, that club just didn't scream no but slaps to me, especially for that disrespectful rate that they gave you. I was just like, I don't know if he sees what he has so far with this. You already had done the party by this point, and you already had brought the party back from the pandemic time. Right. So I was just like, do you not see you're you're not just a regular, you know, Joe here. Like you are actually more than that rate. Right, and I had to like. I remember. I th- I was I, well, I think also a lot of it was like a challenge of like, yo, I want to actually see if I can kill it in like a room like this. I honestly think it's like a piece of shit move from the venues part. They're taking advantage of the DJs and they're creating this desperation. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like this energy that, like, uh, you know, if you want to be a part of us, this is what you're worth. Mm-hmm. You and this is what you're gonna get. And this is what you're gonna get when these when these venues can pay. Uh, like these DJs decently. The problem is it, it creates this like insecurity and it lowers this, the self-esteem of all these DJs. And it's like their self-worth goes down. Yeah. And they feel the need to like validate yeah. themselves, yeah. you know, with, with these with these gigs and these venues. Mm-hmm. And it really, to me, I just think it's like, at this point, like where we are right now, even last year, like motherfuckers, like venues can pay DJs a, a decent rate. They don't need to play these fucking games. Yeah, you know, like I, I really think it's like, and it's and it, and the thing is, it's all gonna bite them in the ass, and it's already slowly biting them in the ass, because, like we just talked about in, in a, a few episodes ago, like when you and when we all talk, when all of us talk about where we want to go, we're not mentioning clubs anymore. We're mentioning the DJs' parties, the, the curated or parties. The yeah, so all of these venues are literally kicking themselves in the ass right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, like. We don't want to go to those clubs anymore. We're like, yo, we these are the parties we want to go to right now. Yep. There might be a handful of clubs where we're like, yo, we definitely want to check that spot out. But right now, it's like you can already tell, like, it's it's not popping right. And now. that's why some of these clubs want to bring these parties to their venue, exactly. Because they see that it's being they're killing it now. Yeah, I remember having this conversation with Exile. There were a bunch of like Vegas clubs that were like kind of like using their leverage over him to be like, hey, it's fucking Latin Grammy week. You want to come in and spin here? This is what we're paying. And yeah. it was trash. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we want the Altura name. We want your party name. And, you know, Altura and Exile, they're killing it right now. They're the biggest Latin party in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, yo, don't let these clubs take advantage of you. Yeah, Like, you can say no. You can do it on your terms. And, like, you know, this is what he did. He, he like, he did it on his terms. And literally a year later, he's in all of these fucking clubs. And, they, you know, they're... He, you don't need to do that anymore. That game is like played out right now, and like all of these clubs, they're gonna get, they're gonna, they're gonna feel it in a few, man. Definitely, yeah. I feel, I really see it. It might not happen in like a year or two, but it's gonna happen, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, and I, I think what you're doing, and even us talking about your party and what Mom is doing, and 
all of these people, even everyone from Arcade to all of these dudes starting their own parties, is that it's like we're we're bringing power back to music, and we're bringing the priority back to music and the DJs. Yep. Which is like which has been missing. Yeah, definitely. You know, like, and it's 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 truth telling because like when I go out, I go out a lot. When I go to some of these clubs, I'm just kind of like, yo, like, yeah. yo. When I go to some of these clubs, I'm just like. You know, I'd be like, "Yo, why did I even come out?" You ever had that feeling like I should have just stayed fucking yeah, I home? Stayed home. And it, and it's and I know the DJ spinning, and I know they dope, but I just know the the crowd that's coming in, and like what the owners or whatever the marketing directors want these DJs, how they want them to spin. I it's just not the answer right now. Um, Thanks. What, what did you want to ask? Well, I want to ask you: Are you still doing um, edits and production? Hey, um, <laughs> not. It's been. It's been too long. Cause you know uh, one of my favorite edits you did was the um, um, this is what um, oh man, what's this, uh, um, the forget me nots one. The forget uh, me nots. This um, is America. This is America. Yeah, yes. that's a dope. I one. love that shit, man. Yeah. I still play it. Oh, sick! Hell yeah! It's um, actually I think I paid for it before you gave me a little pack, but yeah, it's like <laughs> sick. thank you for like, that. Yeah, Hell like, yeah! Thank you. That dollar ninety nine um, went a long way. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I like your uh, Shouse and uh, Neo and Pitbull. Oh, it's the all I need is your love tonight. Into with, people with the um, tonight and the love. Ah, uh-huh, shit, you yeah. <laughs> that, was a, good one. that was a good. Uh, that was a good intro. Good that shit. Yeah, you yeah, got that, no time for that now, huh? Unfortunately, like I need to make time because like a lot of people, it, like it's cool to hear like from you guys, but a lot of people do still hit me up about them. Like when I was first started to make edits, like that's how I was able to get noticed by other djs get some bookings at the beginning was like you know the edit game which which i i i really enjoy and i was like just haven't gone around to it in a minute yeah, but yeah. i need to i need to make time for another that. joint you sent me up now i've been playing it a lot more recently was on midnight express danger zone i was sick that was just like a just like a quantized you just said, like a bit of, i did never heard that song before i thought it was like an oh, older sick. song but oh. it's like yo this shit is dope that and then nigga bike did a remix of um beyonce cozy over that beat. Oh, sick. So now you're playing back to back? Oh, yeah. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> sick. Big shout, Nick Bike. Yes. Shout to Nick Bike. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing is, it's like, it's tough because you see, like, your homies, right? Mm-hmm. You want them to work. You want your, D- your fellow DJs to work. Yeah. And then you see them so desperate that they're willing to, like, lower themselves, you know, to, mm-hmm. to some of these rates or some of these, like, some of the treatment they even get at some of these clubs. Yep. Even, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, it really like gets in your skin, and you gotta be, tell these motherfuckers like, "Yo, like, you know, like you're you're worth more. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't have to fucking play their game. Mm-hmm. It's just so important, but it's like, it, but sometimes it's, it's hard, man. It is hard. You can't some maybe they're not able to find work, mm-hmm. and that's the only work they could. They have to like do it. But you know what I like? I, I feel like more DJs are looking out for each other oh, in not- certain cities more so. Like when I see certain cities like thriving more than others. Mm-hmm. Usually the DJs are more united. I noticed that. You've noticed that, right? Yeah. In other cities where they're not united, it's like cutthroat. And it's like, you guys don't get it yet. You guys got to get united. And the second you guys get united, everyone's money is going to go up. Mm-hmm. And you guys got to start looking out for each other. Yeah. But I feel like in the Bay, you guys have like a really good, and I could be wrong. There could be like more internal beef and all this bullshit going on. But I feel like from the outside looking in, you guys are looking out for each other and you're supporting each other a lot more than certain cities. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think I think that's important and you guys are setting a precedent, you know? Yeah. Um, 
But yo, Nopa, it's a pleasure having you. Thank, Thank you. Guys. you. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, I I love your party, R&B and ribs. We love you, know, you. We got a lot of love for you. We're so happy to have you on here. Finally, I feel I wanted to have you on here sooner, but it seems like perfect timing. And yeah. uh, thank you for having me, guys. Yeah, yeah. And thank you for all the work that you guys do. I know that there's hella shit that goes into into making this happen that a lot of people don't see. So uh, <laughs> I mean, nah, stop man. it, nah, man. <laughs> um, but yo, I can't wait to go to the next one, bro. Yeah. Well, look, all right. Yeah. Um, When's the next one in July? July. The, the so every second the, Sunday. The eighth or the the ninth, ninth I think. Ninth. That's like the one that. you're gonna go to. Yeah. Oh, sick. That's gonna be a sick ass lineup. Yeah. Uh, Can you announce it? Nice. No, but, actually, I don't want to announce it because by I, this I even point, told the the DJs that we're not announcing it. Okay, tell us off camera. Oh, it's gonna be like last minute. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh. Just because the the last thing I've always or. What I'm afraid of is that just a bunch of DJs are going to pull up and just like be there with their arms crossed and like just kill the vibe. I mean, good luck on Sunday. You have Jazzy Jeff. And by this point, that's going to be crazy. That that yeah. was so big that you couldn't do it at uh, El Rio, right? Yeah. And then it sold out two weeks ago. Wow. So like, we could have easily, like a lot of people have been hitting me up. I'll take you when I'm in the front. Is it's, this your first sellout? Um, no, well, like the way that we do it at El Rio is we do like, um, maybe I should have talked about this earlier, but, uh, we do, um, a free with RSVP, RSVP for the first hour. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we, so like, and that's how I can kind of gauge how many people are going to come. Mm. Um, and then that also gets people in early right. and then it's usually yeah. like, you know, packed in the first hour and then it's super dope because even the first DJ, even if you're the opener, you're playing like, you know, you're go, you're, you're able to go in, people are vibing with you. Um, so this is the like one of the first one of the few ones that we actually did like hard hard tickets for. Oh, hard ticket sales. Yeah. Oh wow. Damn. I, I thought you guys always did like kind of hard tickets. No, we no? do. Uh, we do RS RSEP to kind of keep those people like up. You know, like it's the way I see it is like, hey, if you want to pull up and maybe you don't got that much cash this month, just come in the first hour and then you'll be you'll be good. Right. Still cares. About That's dope. People. That's yeah. dope. And then you you you're at like a, a bigger venue right for this one. For this one, yep. It's what a, is it, like double the size or? Like a, yeah, we could do a few hundred more. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's dope. Yo, man, Nopa, congrats. Yes, I can't wait you. to see uh, R&B and Ribs, like what y'all do in the next two, three years or five years. Thanks, guys. I'm really okay. happy for you, man. Every yeah. second of every month. Every second Sunday of every month. All right. Every yo. second Sunday of every month. Nopa slaps R&B and Ribs. Thank you. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning into The Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday, we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.